Jesus was rejected from the inn in Bethlehem. He was laid in the manger by Mary, and he was eventually crucified on the cross. What do those three things have in common during this Christmas time? That's what this episode is all about. This is Where's God? Finding Him in the Small Stuff. And I'm your host, Greg McCollum. I'm going to tell you a story. A story that will inspire you and help you move closer to God through the small stuff in your life. A story to give you a glimpse of God that will surprise you with its simplicity and amaze you with its message. It is shown in every church Christmas pageant. It is depicted in every movie about Jesus' birth. It is portrayed in every book that tells the story of Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. Yet every time, every single time, it is pushed to the background. It takes a back seat. It is soon forgotten. While the shepherds and the angels and the wise men and the star get all the attention at Christmas, this place fades into the background. What is it? Well, it's the inn. That's right, the inn. Remember that? Luke wrote about it in his gospel in chapter 2, verse 7. He said, And Mary gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, why did Luke make sure he mentioned the inn when he wrote about his account of the birth of Jesus? Luke was a physician, a man of science back in his day. We find in his writings an eye for detail that the other gospel writers did not have. He was a careful observer of Jesus' life and ministry, and he was careful to include the details in his descriptions that might have been overlooked or forgotten by other writers. He wrote about the things that were important because he did not want his readers to miss them. So if Luke intentionally wrote about an inn as part of the birth narrative of Jesus, it must have been important. But you know what? Some scholars today say that there was no inn in Bethlehem at all, and Joseph arrived there. They say that Bethlehem was too small for an inn to exist there. They say it was too out of the way. They say there was not enough traffic flowing through the town to support a traditional inn like the one we envision when we read Luke. Back then, as now, the most important thing when starting a new business was location, location, location. And Bethlehem was not a good location for an inn. They believe that the word translated as inn should really have been translated as guest room and was probably located at someone's home, uh, maybe even the house of a relative of Joseph in Bethlehem. 
but I don't think so. I believe there was a traditional inn at Bethlehem during Mary and Joseph's time, and I think the evidence can be found in the Bible itself. It is included in a single verse from the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 41:17. It says, And they went on, stopping at Geruth Kimham, near Bethlehem, on their way to Egypt to escape the Babylonians. This story in Jeremiah is about a group of Jews who were afraid that the Babylonians were going to seek revenge for something they had done. So they were fleeing from Israel to Egypt. On the way, they stopped at Bethlehem, where they stayed at Geruth Kimham. Now, Geruth Kimham literally means the habitation of Kimham, but it's translated consistently in Scripture as the inn of Kimham. And where was that inn? Near Bethlehem, the verse says. So there was an inn near Bethlehem at one point. But that's not the best part. The best part is the identity of Kimham. Who was Kimham? He was a real person. We find him mentioned earlier in the Old Testament during the time of King David. You may recall that one of David's sons, Absalom, had committed treason against his own father. He usurped David's throne and placed the king's crown on his own head. This forced David to flee Jerusalem to save his life and the life of his family. David ended up at a place called Mahanaim, which was a town all the way across the Jordan River. And during his time at Mahanaim, David was cared for by a man by the name of Barzillai. From verse verse 32 of 2 Samuel 19, we learn this about Barzillai. It says, Now Barzillai was a very old man, 80 years of age. He had provided for the king during his stay at Mahanaim, for he was a very wealthy man. Now, eventually, David's forces defeated Absalom, and David returned to Jerusalem. And as David prepared to go back, he wanted Barzillai to come with him so that David could repay the old man's kindness. But Barzillai refused because he said he was too old. However, Barzillai requested that David take back one of his sons instead. And the name of that son? Well, here's a quote that tells us from Samuel's writing. It says, when the king crossed over the Jordan to Gilgal, Kimham crossed with him. Barzillai's son was named Kimham. And the belief is that when David made it back to Jerusalem, he rewarded Barzillai's kindness by giving his son Kimham some property near Bethlehem where Kimham built and operated an inn. That same inn was there when the Jews of Jeremiah's day needed a place to stay as they were fleeing from Israel to Egypt. And that same inn was there when Mary and Joseph arrived at Bethlehem too. When Luke included the inn as part of his account of Jesus' birth, he didn't need to describe it um, in any great detail for the readers of his day. They would all have known exactly which inn Luke was talking about, the only inn in Bethlehem, Geruth Kimham. It would be similar to a writer today saying something about the White House, 
He wouldn't need to specify the White House in Washington, D.C. with the big columns where the president lives. <laughs> we would know which White House he was talking about simply because of our familiarity with it in our daily lives. So why is this all so exciting? Well, the very end which King David gave to Kimham is the same end that Mary and Joseph and Jesus, the son of David, as Jesus is described in Scripture, came to even though Jesus had not been born yet. In essence, a thousand years before Jesus was born, David, King David, prepared a place where Jesus could be born. Of course, it ultimately did not happen that way. Why? Because the innkeeper of Gareth Kimham could find no room for Mary and Joseph inside the inn that first Christmas night. Even before Jesus' birth, his own people rejected him at the door of King David's inn. At the very first moment, when they could have recognized him as their Messiah, they were blind to Jesus' visitation, even in Mary's womb. And they would continue to reject him throughout his life. Oh, and one other interesting thing about this inn. Remember the people of Jeremiah's day? They were fleeing the Babylonians, who were of Arab descent, going from Israel to Egypt to find safety. Well, eventually... Mary and Joseph and Jesus would do the same exact thing, flee from another person of Arab descent, Herod the Great, running from Israel to Egypt to find safety too. Now, Luke mentions something else in chapter 2, verse 7, other than the inn. He mentions the manger. Mary placed Jesus in a manger soon after he was born. That means Mary and Joseph were in a stable of some kind, because a manger is a feeding trough for animals. It would be found in a stable where animals were housed and where they were fed. We don't know exactly where this stable was located inside Bethlehem. It could have been part of a house or a freestanding commercial stable, or it could even have been part of the inn. But one thing we do know, mangers are dirty, filthy, dirty. You can just imagine how bad they get as animals eat from them day by day. After all, the people who owned them didn't clean them. Mangers were just for their farm animals, after all. So I cannot imagine that Joseph was going to allow the newborn Jesus to be laid in one of those dirty, filthy, smelly, used mangers. And he had no way to clean one up. They just didn't have those kinds of detergents back in that, that day. No, I believe Joseph, the carpenter that he was, rounded up some leftover wood nearby and made a new manger for Jesus. For a carpenter of Joseph's skill, making a new manger would be easy and quick, a definite requirement when your wife is in labor. That means the wood manger in which Mary placed Jesus made by the loving hands of Joseph. Three decades later, a wood cross would be made as well, but not by loving hands, by angry hands, hands of hatred, even evil hands. But the hands that would be laid upon it, nailed to it, would be loving hands indeed. 
the loving hands of Jesus. And those same loving, nail-pierced hands reach out to you now at Christmas. As the baby of Bethlehem, who would become the Christ on the cross, asks you to come to him just as the shepherds did, praising and glorifying God just as they did. He asks you to come to him as the wise men did and worship him just as they did, as the newborn, everlasting, and eternal King. This concludes today's episode of Where's God? Finding Him in the Small Stuff. Did you know when Jesus was preaching and teaching, He never used words like justification, sanctification, glorification. He never used words like those to describe Himself, God, God's Word, salvation, heaven, or eternity. Instead, when Jesus talked about theological concepts, he talked about the small stuff of life. We call them parables today. He did that because his listeners could understand the small stuff. They were living the small stuff every day. It was through the small stuff that Jesus helped people move closer to God. There are going to be no intimidating, scary, or overwhelming theological words as part of this podcast. You'll just encounter things like cups of coffee, home repair, signs on the side of the road, roller coasters, and french fries, all revealing something unique about God, who meets you in real life ways every day. Thank you.